0: Welcome to We Talk Banking and Finance with Walkers, where we talk to colleagues and peers about the latest trends in offshore finance. Welcome back to We Talk Banking and Finance with Walkers. I'm Julia Keppi, group partner in the Jersey office, and I'm co-hosting with Zoe Hallam, a group partner in the Guernsey banking team. We hope everyone had a great Christmas and New Year. But now, for our first eagerly anticipated podcast of 2024, we are returning to one of our favorite topics, fund finance. Today, we are joined by Tom Speller, Managing Director at KBRA, a leading statistical ratings organization, which I'm sure you will all be familiar with. Tom works within the Funds Rating Group with a stellar CV, including having previously worked at Goldman Sachs as a
1: credit risk analyst. Welcome, Tom. Great to have you on.
2: Yeah, no, thank you very much for for having me.
1: Hi, Tom. And to echo Julia's comments, thanks very much for joining us today on our podcast. Let's start with setting the scene with respect to the rating of subline facilities. It seems not long ago, this was a pretty niche area of fund finance, but that seems to be changing. Can you talk us through your experience and the recent changes in this area?
2: Absolutely. So as, as mentioned, I work at, at KBRA and KBRA has been pretty active in the, in the ratings of of all types of transactions that fall within the funds umbrella, including fund finance, uh, which covers all of the you know nav loans and subscription line facilities. Our, our rated portfolio has grown to over 400 transactions now, um, and we've seen a significant amount of growth in ratings over the past two to three years. And a lot of that has been driven by uh, fund finance. Around half of our portfolio of transactions of rated transactions is, is is in the fund finance umbrella. And that's split maybe 50-50 between nav loans and subscription lines. I would say that um that split of 50-50 has really evolved over the past year, particularly as a result of the growth of of ratings in subscription line facilities in particular. I think we're we're close to a hundred ratings now in, in subscription lines. Majority of that is is private ratings, but we've also seen an increase in in requests for for published deals also. Historically, our ratings have for subscription facilities have been private ratings, which have been historically used for syndication purposes. So, that, for example, a lender engaging KBRA for a rating uh, in order to syndicate part of that facility to an investor that would find a rating beneficial, such as uh, an insurance company, for example. Uh, so, that activity has continued during the course of, of last year year and into this year and we'd expect that to continue to to uh you know be a demand for ratings given you know lenders looking to reduce potentially single name concentration risk single name concentration risk to any gp i think that's probably something that's on the rise uh, across banks as a result of the increasing size of funds plus also i guess additional demands placed on some relationship banks as a result of uh, a notable reduction in in aggregate supply from uh, you know, for example, some of the failures in, in the U.S. banking sector last year. Having said that, we've also seen a, a you know a continued increase in, in requests from certain banks who require ratings for internal risk validation or also for regulatory capital purposes. Uh, so this. Um, can either be in the form of a private or a published rating. Um, but the published ratings that we've, we've issued over the course of the last couple of years is, is driven by that purpose. And we expect that to continue as a result of some of the upcoming regulatory changes that will require some banks to leverage external ratings on certain types of exposures, such as sublines.
0: So, we know you have a very successful ratings business in the US as well. Is this change in the fund finance market unique to Europe or are you seeing this kind of shift in the US as well?
2: Yes. Yeah, so, historically, a large proportion of our ratings of subscription facilities um, have been driven uh, predominantly by European lenders. And, and as mentioned, that was should we say historically for it. Uh, syndication purposes um but we have seen that growth in in published ratings also and, and similarly we're also having an, a number of requests and, and also engagements from from banks in north america who would require ratings for for similar, similar rationale as european banks so some may be looking to um syndicate, but then also potentially some north american banks that would require a rating for for regulatory capital purposes in addition to that i guess as well as obviously rating individual individual facilities we're also where some banks are exploring potentially some some form of structured solutions that would help to reduce exposure to subscription lines uh, and increase balance sheet capacity, such as, for example, a synthetic risk transfer or other forms of structures that may leverage securitization like technology. Uh, And some of that activity will also require rating or assessment of the underlying subscription lines uh, that form the underlying collateral of those transactions. Uh, And so similarly, I think we're seeing uh, the growth of of ratings both in Europe and also in North America um, for similar rating drivers.
0: Great. Thank you, Tom. The other thing that we really wanted to know is who's driving demand for ratings clearly when when this all sort of started it was a lender led process however do GPs want these
2: as well? Yes, yeah, so we're certainly seeing a, a growing, uh, shall we say, awareness of the, the fact that the ratings or soliciting rating can help to source liquidity. And, and that also equally applies to facilities such as subscription lines. Uh, and likewise, we've seen um, a number of requests now from sponsors who at the outset of a facility or, or the early stages, shall we say, of a facility are looking to have an entire facility rated in order potentially for more certainty of execution on, on the total amount of financing that they're request For example, uh, if they're bringing in alternative types of lenders that may benefit from a rating, it's therefore potentially beneficial to have a rating on the entire facility. So historically, we've been working more with individual banks and rating their participation of a facility. um, But as mentioned, we're seeing this evolve into potentially more of a a market where the sponsors themselves are are, are soliciting uh, the rating. and, And likewise, we rate the entire facility. And as mentioned, I think that that could grow the amount of lenders that can participate in facility and also potentially bring in alternative types of lenders or investors, uh, such as insurance companies, into a facility.
1: And, and so we've focused, I guess, so far on sublines and increase of rating of, of sublines. Um, but you said at the outset, your your book is sort of 50-50 NAV and sublines. Are there not being an expert in this field? Are there thing comments you want to make about NAV facilities that, that differ mm-hmm. from, from sublines?
2: Yeah. So we've... Um... We've uh, we've continued to see demand for ratings of NAV facilities, um, particularly in the form of some of the more concentrated NAV loans, such as facilities extended to to buyout funds, for example. So we've rated in excess of 100 NAV loans, which includes the more concentrated uh, types of NAV loans, but also secondaries NAV loans and also credit facilities to private credit funds. Similar kind of demands, I guess, or you know, the driver for rating is typically uh, an investor that's looking to hold a portion of the loan that could benefit from have that, having that rating. In terms of the engagement process, that could result in a bank engaging KBRA to, to rate a participation as part of a syndication to an investor, or indeed, I guess, asset managers who are actually investing on behalf of certain investors, such as an insurance company, and therefore rating their participation in the facility. We're also continuing to see innovation in non-financing, including an increasing use of say, for example, preferred equity and broader LP or GP like solutions, which for example, may allow borrowers to monetize part of their existing interests and retain, but also retain some of the upside. From a ratings perspective, we see these more in other forms. So for example, a preferred equity solution that may serve as the collateral for a NAV loan. Uh, and likewise, we're rating that, that NAV loan, which is then ultimately secured by the preferred equity interest uh, with the underlying uh, collateral then being the NAV of a, of a fund or multiple funds. We've also seen and have some experience in, in rating hybrid transactions for, for example, for a continuation fund, which combine the security package of a subline plus that of an AV loan, and for example, in, in the rights of an AV loan, such as the rights to distributions of assets or a pledge on the underlying assets. Uh, and we expect some of that, uh, I guess, innovation to continue given some of the, you know, the well documented slowdown in, in private equity. Uh, exits.
1: It seems that you and the team are keeping busy anyway. Um. So again, thanks for the time uh, to spend to to talk to us about this today. No, agreed. Absolutely. Thank you. And um, it, it's interesting
0: to hear because I think it tracks what we're seeing more broadly in the market with these different types of facilities over the past couple of years becoming. Uh, more commonplace rather than your sort of, if you can say straightforward, sublines and navs. So, it's yeah, it's good to hear that they're sort of spreading throughout the throughout the industry. So, last question, Tom, and we ask all of our guests this. So, if we're having this conversation again in 12 months' time, what do you think we're going to be talking about? More of the same new products? What do you think?
2: I think I probably alluded to this earlier, but I think we're probably going to see continued innovation by lenders in the coming year to meet some of the demand uh, from funds. Uh, For example, I guess in the subscription line markets, there has been, as say, a slowdown in in fundraising for some in some areas, but there's been some, you know, recently documented, uh, you know, size of funds that continues to grow. So some of the larger sponsors seemingly able to devise some market, if you like, broader market slowdown in in fundraising, and some of these funds continue to get larger and larger. Uh, and similarly, lenders looking for ways or exploring ways to free up some of that balance sheet capacity, or exploring similarly some innovative solutions to reduce some of those. Uh, some of those single name exposures across um, across facilities, coupled by I guess the the, in, the increase in interest rates and generally speaking, you know, very strong credit outcomes on subscription lines. There may be more interest from investors to come into some of the subscription line markets, um, and and likewise, we may see banks and other lenders exploring ways in which they can bring in different types of investors that may have different risk return profiles uh, to participate in sublines. So again, leveraging things like securitization technology or similar, uh, which would allow. Different types of investors to participate in different tranches of, of exposures, ultimately secured by by subscription lines as the end exposure. I guess equally in in nav loans, um, given some of the slowdowns and in, in realizations, sponsors are continuing to search for new and in- innovative solutions to recapitalize portfolio companies and return capital to LPs. Uh, so maybe again, some solutions such as continuation funds, which um, rely upon debt and meaningful scale, will simply come in the form of hybrid facilities, and we expect those uh, that market to continue to grow, and our ratings activity for those facilities to commensurately pick up.
0: No, that's that's great. I think um, I think we're we're seeing similar things, and you know, as the fund finance um, or sublines anyway get more attractive with with the um, increased return potential. So yeah, no, absolutely agree with all of that. So, Tom, that's it. You're, you're free. You're free and done <laughs> now. So thank you so much for joining Zoe and I on We Talk Banking and Finance with Walkers. Really great to have you on, hear your insights. And um, we'll get you back to do a full podcast on NAVs in the not too distant future, because I feel like that could uh, fill fill a slot all by itself.
2: The NAV market, I think, is going to be potentially something quite interesting there in terms of how some of these, you know, some of the loans perform, shall we say? So we're keeping a close eye on that, and and likewise, definitely next year, I think it might be quite an interesting time to catch up on some of those, uh, some of the portfolio evolution.
0: Absolutely, we'll diarise it now. Um, Thank you, Tom. Really great to chat. Appreciate it. You've been listening to We Talk Banking and Finance with Walkers. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe.